Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, He First Loved Us. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. A quick note before we start. Episodes that I believe provide both new and strong instruction will get their own episode art to make them more visible when viewing our episode listings. I am not doing it with every other episode. It just worked out that way in our Genesis series. Last week, in our episode, You Will Surely Die, we learned that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was placed in the Garden of Eden for the spiritual growth of Adam, Eve, and all of mankind to come. It was not just there to provide mankind a means to choose God or not, and thereby cause the fall of all mankind. Adam and Eve were not meant to never understand good and evil. We learned that God intended them to arrive at a proper godly understanding. The only intent for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the prohibition of its fruit was to teach and not cause the fall of mankind through Adam and Eve. In this episode, we will examine how God first loved us even as his enemies. He died on the cross for those who did not believe, even today for those who also do not believe. Please be well advised in this regard. If you are unsaved, the curtain is closing on this age. His return in the rapture is getting closer almost day by day. The time to decide is earlier than later. I would not put off this decision much longer. The ills, bad, and evil of this life pales in comparison to having to endure the tribulation period. Please find a link to our episode, How to Be Saved, in any of our episode descriptions. In that episode, we help you better understand your need for salvation in Christ and help you achieve it as well. If anyone confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God resides in him and he in God. And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has in us. God is love, and the one who resides in love resides in God, and God resides in him. By this love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because just as Jesus is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears punishment has not been perfected in love. 
we love because he loved us first. If anyone says, I love God, and yet hates his fellow Christian, he is a liar, because the one who does not love his fellow Christian, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And the commandment we have from him is this, that the one who loves God should love his fellow Christian too. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been fathered by God, and everyone who loves the Father loves the child fathered by him. By this we know that we love the children of God, whenever we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments do not weigh us down. 1 John chapter 4, verse 15 through chapter 5, verse 3. Do you remember what Christ said of himself? For my yoke is easy to bear, and my load is not hard to carry. Matthew chapter 11, verse 30. You may know that by a different wording. From Commentary on Matthew chapter 11, verse 30. The services that I shall require are easily rendered, referring to Jesus. They are not burdensome, like all other systems of religion. So the Christian always finds them. In coming to him, there is a peace which passes all understanding. In believing in him, joy. In following him, through evil and good report. A comfort which the world gives not in bearing trials and in persecution, the hope of glory and in keeping his commandments, great reward. From Barnes' New Testament Notes If you remember from our episode, Descendants Too Numerous to Count, obedience was key to receiving the promise from God. Keeping his commandments is a form of obedience as we just noted too. This obedience is easy to bear and carry. It does not weigh on us or weigh us down. Quoting, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, in the true sense and from the heart, this will always prove that a man is a Christian. From Barnes, New Testament Notes. This means that anyone who merely says they are a Christian and even displays some good works is not necessarily a Christian. Lacking the conviction of heart, soul, and mind, lacking sincerity no matter how well and charismatic they present themselves, they are not a brother or sister in Christ. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes, and thus has righteousness, and with the mouth one confesses, and thus has salvation. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all who richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans chapter 10, 
verse 9 in part, through verse 13. By this love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because just as Jesus is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears punishment has not been perfected in love. We love because he loved us first. 1 John chapter 4, verses 17 through 19. Let us unpack these verses. There are several points that may appear hidden at first. Quoting with reference to the phrase, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. By the influence of love in delivering us from the fear of the wrath to come, reference 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. The idea is that he who has true love to God will have nothing to fear in the day of judgment and may even approach the awful tribunal where he is to receive the sentence which shall determine his everlasting destiny without alarm. From Barnes New Testament Notes This aspect of being a fearless child of God is not taught in the States. We just read the complete sentence in verse 18. Properly, it reads, There is no fear in love, comma, but perfect love drives out fear, comma, because fear has to do with punishment, period. In the States, all that is ever quoted and taught is the phrase, perfect love drives out or casts out all fear. It is taught more as being fearless in everyday life. It is also taught as being a fearless warrior in godly exploits for the gospel, neither of which is lost here. However, it also applies to something more important and much deeper, not fearing the punishment that sin invokes and inspires the concept of sin and death. There is nothing to fear as there is no judgment for God's people saved of his loving mercy and grace with respect to punishment and God's wrath. His life was shed on the cross for us while we were still sinners, enemies of God. If we are saved by his loving mercy and grace, Jesus, in his own words, calls us friend. In view of First and Second Thessalonians, I find it hard to believe his, quote, friends, unquote, would be punished for something they have been forgiven. What part of our sins being forgiven, past, present, and future, do we not understand? I am not only forgiven of my past sins, not only forgiven of my present-day sins, but also for the sins I have yet to commit. Where is God's judgment and wrath in that if I am so completely forgiven? Starting here, using Scripture, I can build such an impressively strong case for us not having to face the tribulation and God's wrath in any other form, regardless of what we are taught otherwise in the States. 
However, that is a study for another time. This is why Paul said this in Galatians chapter 5. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity to indulge your flesh, but through love serve one another. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. In other words, our freedom is in the fact that we are so incredibly and completely forgiven that we can sin, ask for forgiveness, and be in an endless treadmill of that kind of cycle. So there it is. Do not use your freedom as an opportunity to indulge your flesh. In other words, do not use your freedom in Christ to sin since you are so totally forgiven. Paul also writes earlier in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 2, in part. What shall we say then? Are we to remain in sin so that grace may increase? Absolutely not. And that ends with an exclamation point. Paul would not express these cautions if we were not fully able to run astray even in our saved and sanctified state of salvation. Our salvation is so impressively complete that we are truly free from the results of our sins, past, present, and future. Our freedom in Christ is greater than we could ever imagine and conceive. You can only believe we face the tribulation period, are then judged as other sinners, and finally judged in the great white throne judgment if you do not understand that we are completely free of our sin, even our future sins. This is what salvation in Christ affords us mere mortals. Remember what 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 said? There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears punishment has not been perfected in love. How free of our sins, past, present, and future, are we? As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Psalms, chapter 103, verse 12, from Green's literal translation. Our transgressions are what we today call sins. Let us reread that this way. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our sins from us. If we face the tribulation period, if we face further wrath and punishment, if we face further waiting judgment, then Psalms chapter 103, verse 12, is a lie. Transgressions does not mean sins. And our notion of being saved in Christ is in serious question as to its truth and authenticity as a sole and complete promise. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 reads, By this, love is perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because just as Jesus is, so also are we in this world. We want to examine the phrase, 
Just as Jesus is, so also are we in this world. This is an allusion to the fact we have been created in His image. From our earthly home, we see the sun and the moon. The sun is like Jesus, and the moon is like us. We are indeed a lesser light, but we reflect His light into the darkness of this world. In the same concept, we are created in His image. That image is displayed when we are saved by His mercy and grace. When we live out our salvation by obeying His commandments and spreading the good news of salvation in Christ. By also being known by the love Scripture says we are to be known by. Quoting, That is, we have the same traits of character which the Savior had, and, resembling Him, we need not to be alarmed at the prospect of meeting Him. From Barnes New Testament Notes That incites memories of Matthew chapter 7. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons and do many powerful deeds? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you lawbreakers. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. I have seen many Christians cringe with fear and worry when these verses are read. However, what we are studying here clearly states we have nothing to fear if we are of sincere conviction, perfected in love, have dedication of heart, mind, soul, and are not saved by mere verbal declaration alone. Quoting with reference to the phrase, Just as Jesus is, so also are we in this world, which may be understood either of God, to whom the saints are like, or such who are born again, as those who love the brethren are, they are partakers of the divine nature and bear a resemblance to God even in this present state of things. And as it becomes them to be holy in all manner of conversation, as he is holy, and to be merciful to wicked men, as he is merciful, so to love the saints as he does, and to be kind, tender-hearted, and forgive one another, as he, for Christ's sake, has forgiven them. For as God is love, they should be all love likewise, or of Christ. See 1 John chapter 3, verse 3 and verse 7. And that with respect to God, as he is the Son of God, so are they the sons of God, he by nature, they by grace and adoption, as he is loved by God with an everlasting and unchangeable love, with a love of complacency and delight, so are they loved by him with the same kind of love, even while they are in this world. 
and as he is the chosen of God and precious, so they are chosen of him and unto salvation by him. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. Those two verses cited in commentary from 1 John chapter 3 read, And everyone having this hope of him purifies himself even as that one is pure. Little children, let no one lead you astray. The one practicing righteousness is righteous, even as that one, capital O, even as that one is righteous. From Green's Literal Translation, 1 John chapter 3, verse 3 and 7. While complex in its own right, our salvation is still made simple for us by God. He, while we were still sinners, enemies of God, did all the heavy lifting and hard work. We overcomplicate it with our human esoteric and high thoughts that do not truly apply. Quoting, Love is not an affection which produces fear. In the love which we have for a parent, a child, a friend, there is no fear. If a man had perfect love to God, he would have no fear of anything. For what would he have to dread? He would have no fear of death, for he would have nothing to dread beyond the grave. It is guilt that makes men fear what is to come. But he whose sins are pardoned and whose heart is filled with the love of God has nothing to dread in this world or the world to come. The redeemed in heaven, rescued from all danger and filled with the love of God, have nothing to dread. And as far as that same love operates on earth, it delivers the soul now from all apprehension of what is to come. From Barnes New Testament Notes Quoting on the phrase, But perfect love drives out fear. When love to the brethren appears to be perfect, that is, genuine and sincere, and a man knows that from the bottom of his heart he sincerely loves the saints, he concludes from hence, as he may, the truth of his faith, which works in this way, and this frees him from the fears of men and devils, and of the future judgment and wrath to come. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible. I think at this point we can boil this down to the idea that if we have fear of anything, we need to work on our love. I am not talking about visceral things like claustrophobia or things like a fear of heights. The source of these types of fear are more characterized by intuition or instinct rather than perfecting ourselves in God's love. Quickly, by example, if I walk to the edge of a cliff where nothing can restrain me from falling, 
and the height causes me to fear falling, that is a good thing. It will motivate me to move back instead of step forward over the cliff. While such fears can be debilitating, these are not the types of fear Scripture is talking about. To a point, such visceral fears can be very helpful as a warning of pending trouble and or doom. This is in no way a minimizing of the very real debilitating aspect of these fears. Having such debilitating fears is not in one's control. It is also not a sin. Yes, some say it is. However, it is not a sin to fear. One, in a more debilitating circumstance, should reach out to get help. I agree, that can be easier said than done. With regard to the fear we are talking about, it is the fear of God's wrath and the fulfillment of any recompense to come as a result of any sin or sins I may commit in my life, generally, after salvation in Him. This is where our freedom comes into action. We are just as free to not sin as Adam and Eve were free not to sin. While sinners, while Christ's enemies, He died for us. I will leave you with these final thoughts from Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 10 in Green's literal translation. For we yet, being without strength, in due time Christ died for ungodly ones, for with difficulty one will die for a just one, for perhaps one even dares to die for the sake of the good one. But God commends his love to us in this, that we being yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being justified now by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if while being enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Next week, we are to be known by our love, how we love each other with reference to our godly brothers and sisters, is something we are to be known by. People who are famous are known by what it is that makes them famous. Our love for each other should be what makes us famous, especially among those who are not brothers and sisters in Christ. This love should be a great attraction to those who are not saved. Play or download next week's episode titled, All Shall Know That You Are My Disciples from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. 
If you are visiting here for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. For more information, check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop-compliant website. It is a subdomain hosted at site123.com. That is site123.com. Our site link is unchurched.site123.me. This website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with. Find direct links to all our platforms under the podcast menu item. This year, we have decided to go with making Pinecast our primary host as we move away from Podomatic. For more information, listen to our year-end update for 2019. Until then, we will continue to post our podcast on our current primary host found at this short link, is.gd forward slash uppercase I, K, lowercase L, uppercase Y, X, lowercase S. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast platforms. Please use the search phrase Church of the Un-Churched to find us on a podcast platform like iTunes, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, or Spotify, to name a few. Note, please use the dash symbol and not the word dash when you search for us. We refresh our RSS feed with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. If Podomatic has any server issues, all linked episodes on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher will be unavailable for the duration of the server downtime. We therefore Post all episodes on our backup host, www.podcasts.com. That is podcast with an S. Again, our site address is www.podcasts.com. Or go to anchor.fm forward slash unchurched. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. 
Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.